We are The Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of The Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, and sometimes, most times, we go deep. And today we're talking about The Walking Dead World Beyond's second episode called The Blaze of Gory. I was like sitting down and typing it out, like, because I have to do it in various places before and after we record, right? Yeah. And every time I started typing Blaze, I automatically start, started typing <laughs> Blazy Gardener. Blazy. Right. So, which is, again, why I sometimes will go, hey, Blazy, I mean, Sharon D. It's like I want to call her by her name, but it's just now it's just this thing that is just in here, Blazy, Sharon D. You're in my head. Right. So it's like the Blazy of Gardener. <laughs> so I feel like like half of me actually wants to actually put that in the episode title just right. for fun. Just the Blazy of Gardener. Like, wait, wait, that's not what the episode's called, idiot. Um, <laughs> wasn't grand- it? I, I think it was Sharon D that shared um, the photo on on Instagram of uh, one of Althea's tapes that yes. says the bog. Yeah. Something we had yeah. brought up, by the way, in season four. And I brought it back up again in season five saying, we, there, we're definitely going to know more about this box of tapes. Right. And, and yet we never really did. <laughs> well, I mean, they released the... Um, you know, the few little interviews or whatever. And what, there was like six or nine of them, maybe. Oh, yeah. Just a right. handful. But, um, but yeah, yeah, nothing else really came of them. But never oh, those sorry. tapes. And remember, there was eight of them. Or four of them or eight of them. I remember it was like, oh, it's either eight hours or four tapes or I don't know. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it was eight of them in this in this pack in that lockbox in season four in the in the SWAT van. But, yeah. Um, she went nuts for her tapes that episode. So I, now I can actually talk about what my impression was because I, I just can't hold it in anymore. Like, obviously, I watched it the first time late at night, just after we recorded, I think on Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, I liked it. I liked this episode. It was it was great. I thought it was a good story to tell. We got we got a little bit deeper into some, what some of the past of well, Felix's past. Um, and then we see. Hope's obsession with what she's done. And it's something that Felix says, I think, in the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. He says something to the effect of, you know, you become another person out there. He doesn't say in this episode. I think it was the last episode. You know, what are they thinking? You know, anybody who goes outside these walls, you know, they 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 become a different person. And- well, I remember Huck saying something along those lines, who you are on oh. the inside, it's not who you are on the outside. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. what you're mean? Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and I thought maybe maybe Felix kind of confirmed that or something. I don't know. But yeah. there's something to be said about that because we kind of, we see this here and there on, in the Walking Dead universe. Um, I mean, mainly though, and namely with um, Nick, when he talks to Madison in season four of The Walking Dead, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, he says, you know, I don't like... I like the person I am behind these walls. I, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. Something to that effect. And you know, I built this place so that you can be, can continue to be who you are, but you don't need that. No one's gone until they're gone. But yeah, to cap that off, it's like, it's like, we've seen this every now, once in a while. Alexandria, when we first meet it is the way it is because it's allowed to be that way because of walls, because of safety, etc. And to varying degrees, the descent that all our survivors go through because they don't have walls is emblematic of like confronting who they are the the world as it is and being who they are outside but what i want to get to is that on my first watch i enjoyed it on my second watch i actually almost started to get really really emotional because i'm looking at the i'm looking at the end i did of too <laughs> i'm getting to the end of, because yeah. what what you notice on the second watch is that and this is going to bring us back to the beginning is that the opening shot 
is of hope at at you know about to go into the the tornado siren facility let's say right and so and then it continues it goes back to where they were before just where they were before uh with iris trying to kill that walker from the end of the last episode um mm -hmm. but then you get to the end of the episode you see what happened to felix particularly i mean i think without that i wouldn't have felt it as hard and then you get to you get to see hope constantly obsessing over the past throughout this episode and she's crushing it <laughs> and alexa mansoor is just crushing it like there's i i i just I, i'm trying not to get emotional right now but it's, it's <laughs> There's something really great that's going on here. And even though it's like, look, say what you will, and we're going to get through all the criticism as well, but I'm start, I was starting to realize that part of why we wa like to watch uh, zombie apocalypse tales is you know that you that these people are fighting against a, a losing tide. And you, you it's, like, it's like watching Titanic. You know what's going to happen. You know they're never going to win. But yeah. you want to see how it goes down. You want to see how we went down swinging or not or in what way did we try and fail In what ways did we try to succeed? And it kind of goes to what Elton is saying, you know, I'm not scared about being an endling. It actually opens me up to actually find meaning to do what I was meant to do or find what I was meant to do, etc. You know, so mm -hmm. there's something beautiful about that. You know, it's like the mandala effect, a piece of art, a Buddhist art. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the sand, the colored sand that you arrange right. in such a way, in such a pattern, and you work on it for days and days and days only to be destroyed by the end of it. That's, that's these zombie mm -hmm. apocalypse shows. If you're doing it right. Well, right. not if you're not, no, let's be fair because a lot of the time, a lot of the time, these zombie movies like night of the living dead, you know, uh, land of the dead, etc. all like from that to that, it's all about how it's futile. Right. <laughs> like, the zombies will always win. And here's and like, and, and that's the thing. The zombies will always win. And here's how, <laughs> and then two hours later, you're like, damn that sucked but damn that was good <laughs> <laughs> that's what usually i tune in for you watch the walking dead it's like okay you're fighting a losing battle but there are these other battles that happen in between when i watch this i see the battle isn't really about that as much as you have these okay you have these childhood traumas you have these um things from the past you have your screwed up present where you're th taught to think about the future and then you also have these kids and these kids have their own foibles meaning like they have teenage thoughts and teenage hormones and teenage you know stupid decisions and so that's another battle to fight and i kind of want to see how they win that because that's the one battle that they can win <laughs> is that eventually they grow up and they learn and so unless they die first yeah unless they die first hope's performance um was beautiful this episode i couldn't agree more she did absolutely wonderful um i really see her we were talking last time about the pilotitis and i can tell and i don't even know what order they filmed in it could have been out of order but i do feel like she was even more comfortable in her role um this episode however that's not what actually got me emotional um the conversation between her and alton about the endlings that was the first time i started getting all fluttery really okay. like oh because yeah the reaction at the end of it well it wasn't even her reaction. It was just the way Elton was talking about it. Just very matter of factly. He wasn't crying, but it was just very matter of fact and very like hmm. accepting of it. Yes. That's what broke my heart. He just accepted like that. This is how it's going to be. And I'm like, you're like, you should have more hope. You're so young. You should have hope still. Like, but the, it, did. it broke the, my heart. But the way in which he accepts it, though, wouldn't you say, 
and this is going to be relevant for later, but wouldn't <laughs> you say that it's very adult? It's very, I'm, I'm confronting yeah. my, mor my mortality and acting accordingly. Like I'm it's not going to sit adult. here. Right. But I'm not going to sit here like maybe most adults would do and just give up. I'm not going to sit here and just, it's like the, the maturity of, of meeting your mortality head on, but at the same time, not what an adult does and just gives up and sits in front of the TV and waits for themselves to die. Right. He wants to go out and see everything. Right. And he's documenting it as well. But the energy of it. Really cool. Yeah. Like the energy of yeah. youth. Yeah. But yeah. it just, it made me so sad. And then how he explained like the last of the humans, well, the last of the living humans, yeah. we're not even the endlings. It's, it's the last walker who is the last endling. Oh, the shades. Yeah. See, that's and their life, their life and their death defines every, oh, oh, yeah. it just, Punch me right in the gut. The end of that reanimated matter, matter, right? Yeah. That shade, Ugh. that shade of what people who, well, you know, species or alien life uh, may find us by the end of it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the shade, which, and they will think that that was that is us. You know that that right. poor representation. I see that. I didn't understand quite that part. I thought he meant just the the last person, like of that species, is technically the endling. But, mm -hmm. the, but then you, I guess what you, he did have that little bit at the end that said, yeah, but these poor facsimiles or something to that effect. Right. What, who we are. Hope, Hope thought the same thing you did. She's like, oh yeah, we're the last generation. We're the last of us. And Alton's like, mm, not really what I meant. <laughs> Actually, the walkers are going to be after us. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that made her upset because it's like, I don't want that to happen. Right. It's not she's, going down. Not on my she's, watch. She's realizing that at some point in time, there will be no more humans. It will be only walkers. Yeah. And you know what's so funny about that is that there is this one scene where Iris is Iris is like kind of looking at the blaze at night near the end. And um, she just goes and she can't keep bullshitting because that's what she's been doing. She just can't keep bullshitting and, you know, faking it till she makes it like King Ezekiel. She kind of just goes, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. All this time I'm thinking I'm responsible for you. I'm, I'm going to protect you, but I'm also going to be brave. And I don't know what to do here, you know, and it's fine. You know, why do you have to always know everything? But Hope says something very interesting in that, in that moment. And that's, you know, you're the one who, who did the break. I mean, essentially referring to her speech and, and pushing everybody to go out there. So there's something positive about Iris in faking it till she makes it right. I can see that. Even though I am a little annoyed by that, I'm going to admit that, right? I mean, aren't you a little? That like, she admits that she wasn't ready? Well, no, more that she's just been, like, from the beginning of the episode throughout until this moment, she's just been too cavalier. She's been too uncautious. Well, I, I mean, yeah, why, she has. She why has kill this one walker, right? Yeah. But she, I understand why she's doing it. Yeah. She is putting on a brave face so that everyone else can, and it's working, right? This fake it till you make it is working for everybody that's with her. It's giving them courage. So if that's the purpose, then she succeeded, but yeah. she's not fooling herself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and everybody, everybody has their own agenda though, too, which doesn't make things easier for that, for everybody, which yeah. I think is dangerous in a way, you know, everybody has their own reason to move forward, except for hope really, which is ironic because of her name. Well, <laughs> I what mean, is like Silas's the, reason for moving forward? Oh, he can't go back. Well, I mean, he—I know he said that, but Cause, cause what I'm, they is that... did, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, so okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's he, enough. For me. He expresses it in the episode too. He goes, "Yeah, well, I can't go back, so you know, yeah, and there's no way we can go back." And so he's like pressuring, like, "Please, please don't go back." 
Well, I mean, little does he know, no one can go back. So he's good. Yeah. And I, and I was realizing that as everybody was, was moving forward, like even Felix and Huck, like, okay, when, when we get back, she's going to get composting Ooh. and manure. Dude. Yeah. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, oh, I don't think you'll be doing that <laughs> unless you make some shit up on the spot. I think right. we're beyond punishments now. <laughs> oh, damn. And isn't that like the, the most tragic thing of all? Because the more I thought about it, like the more I was realizing that when we were when we were given the premise of this show, I thought I really did think that we didn't know what the name was, but Campus Colony was going to actually stand. And they would have some sort of home, yeah. home base, right? Wasn't that the impression that you felt like, okay, we're moving into a society that has groups. You know, we spoke about this a little bit in the first episode where we thought, well, we're going to be dealing with bigger groups, interacting with other big groups and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And now we're entering in almost the same old zombie apocalypse story where, you know, this big place falls and then what happens after? And here's what happens after. And now we're moving into something completely different. Which got me to thinking another thing. Huck and Felix, okay? Picture them, first scene, out in the road, going after everybody else. The doc just doesn't take risks, okay? Leo Bennett. So this lends a little bit further credence to something that you were saying before uh, in the last episode. Something I didn't think of, by the way. I didn't think of the fact that one of those, one of those notes may not have been him. You know, mm -hmm. Either or, right? Either one or, one or the other doesn't right. really matter necessarily, but you could say this one was and this one was and this one was about. But here's the thing. I'm almost thinking none of them were, or maybe the first ones were until communication stopped mm -hmm. months ago and all the remaining one, the, or the remaining two. Two. Rather, okay. All right. So are, make sure I didn't miss any. Like both of them are, are uh, maybe from the CRM. Maybe he got found out. Or let's think of a whole other thing. And this dawned on me as well. What if none of them were him? What if all of them was Elizabeth Kublik? And... Even further to the point, there's two possibilities if that's the case. One, he's completely fine and no communication has really come in or out. Or it might not even been Elizabeth Kublik. What if it was a third party and they were being influenced from somebody else, right? And she has no, there's no responsibility. There's no bearing on, on she has no bearing on those messages. She doesn't know about them at all, you know? And so he could be totally no. fine. He can, he may not even be in New York, which is a yeah. whole other possibility. And so I was thinking like, Maybe she's making them him go because there's no <laughs> indication on the map that that's where he is. Right. She's just oh, here's a map of New York. Goodbye. I I would have to say at least at least one message had to come from Leo, and here's why: the girls had that cabinet set up, you know, in order to receive messages. Leo would have had to been a part of that, so right. he knew which what number to send the messages to. Right. So at some point, he would have had to establish communication, but then after that, somebody else could could have stepped in and continued sending messages but tied him up um, to a chair so, right well i'm thinking I, I mean i'm thinking leo might not even be alive yeah one or the other i mean this all might be true everything they said might be true he might be in new york but he might already be dead yeah yeah exactly yeah it's 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 it could be so many things but it's important to kind of relay that because not because i wouldn't say even important i think it's it's a good thing to highlight because in the end, we're all we all want to be surprised, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we were right about one of these several theories? <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's cool to be surprised. I was talking to my friend Matt the other day, and he's he's actually getting into it now too. This is like one of the friends that <laughs> supports me from afar, but never watches The Walking Dead. Had watched the first few seasons, fell off at some point, 
you know, there's reasons why he, why he feels that way. It's fine. While we were talking, what eventually came out was one of the things I like a lot about this show and all these Walking Dead properties is that we can always, we always try to think of what something might be. But at the end of the day, they do this weird sleight of hand where while you're looking in this one direction, you're not looking <laughs> at the rest of the world. It's that saying from um, Dark, that German show with the subtitle, you know, the, the time travel show that I mentioned, like, way oh. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it, but I, I know what you're yeah. referring to. So like there's the line in the show, what what we know is a drop, what what is 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 an ocean, something like that. What the truth is is the ocean. Oh, yeah, something gotcha. like, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what they do. They they show us the drop, but like really there's an ocean behind them. They have a whole mm -hmm. ocean of narrative that you won't see coming. And what what brought me to that was like how he was talking about how the kids you know, there is something about the kids and how annoying they can be. The Dawson's Creek effect, you know, the smart kid who <laughs> spouts, you know, about the end of the world and being an endling and et cetera. And like what people didn't like. Right. But the other thing is, is I think that I said, I think that's what I, why I like it because the kids seem to be the adults and like Huck and Felix, for example, and they're young adults, right? They're not like that old at all. <laughs> right. No, but they, but they kind of act more like children than the, than the kids, you know what I mean? And as you go, get older, that it may be the case, like with Dr. K, it's like, you know, she has this like childlike, you know, inquisitive, open-minded, open-ended questions, you know, she's not very adult. She's about at the end of her life, but she's like more childlike than anybody. She's not like going poopy diapers, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but she had that kind of like, you know, I'm going to give it to you straight like a kid would, you know, I'm going to play around. I'm going to enjoy my life before it ends, you know? And so I like that little role reversal that's going on here as well. You know, Felix and Huck seem like kind of underdeveloped humans. In a way, Huck likes to party at night, blah, blah, blah. I like to fuck around. Felix is kind of like, you know, awkward a little too. Like knows yeah. knows what he's doing in the apocalypse, but just still. Puts too much pressure on himself. Yeah, exactly. You know, because mm -hmm. of his adulthood, maybe. Like he found himself here and he's like, oh, I don't know how to be this thing. <laughs> you know, because I have yeah. a boyfriend. I don't know. Maybe. Well, it didn't seem like he had parents to guide him. You yeah. know? Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of the point is what I'm saying is that like yeah. these these kids mostly, I don't know, did. Actually, probably didn't. Who knows? But well, was, I mean, even yeah. if it wasn't their parents, they grew up, you know, say like in a village. You know right. what I mean? They grew up with lots of parents. So Tense. they had uh, adults looking after them or, or um, you know, people to follow. You right. Know? right. To, to educate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. of that ethos that I was saying before, that whole collective ethos, you know, it's all about us. It's not about you as individuals, that cohesion effect. Oh, I was going to ask you, um, we had talked about before about Felix's, um, you know, abuse. Right. I don't know about you, but I, I didn't get the feeling that, that there was physical abuse. Right. It was most, it was, you know, mostly emotional abuse. And then obviously his dad kicks him out. That's horrible. Um, but did you, did you see any indications of physical abuse? No, that must've been something else. I okay. Mean, or whatever is on his compression sleeve must have been something else. But, you know, moving past that, because I'm obviously wrong. Uh, <laughs> again, not I being I want to make sure I miss, miss something. You yeah, know? I mean. That's it, why I ask. No, you didn't. And I, I'm actually, I'm not upset about, like, there not being any. But I, I, there is something to be said about, like, God, man, that happening. And, and like, and I, I, I'm glad I brought up the adults being, the children being the adults. Because in that moment that he's dealing with his dad not wanting him to kick him out there's something going on there where he's like i don't care about how this makes me feel now but dad you're gonna regret this why would you want this 
you, you there's already you, you're out of a job undoubtedly you regret whatever it is that you got fired for you know that's a, that's one regret mm-hmm. mom it, it, yeah their mom is still there by the end of it i think yeah but like you know you when your kid is is paying your bills you know and and he's doing everything to keep support you and you're going to kick him out yeah. and and you know Dad, I know who you are. You know, I put, I built you up from when you were just on the floor. I believed in you when nobody would, and you're mm-hmm. gonna kick me out. You're gonna regret this more than anybody. Yeah, you know. Well, and you know, Felix had to grow up a lot faster as well. I mean, he was paying the bills at home. He was the parent in his home, and then when he got kicked out, you know, he might be going through a little. He's um, regressing. You know what I mean? He had to grow up as a teenager, so. Right, right, and so he's kind of like I. I didn't know who I was, but I like that. And I, I, I like that there's a reflection of that in Elton, just as you were talking about the Endling conversation. There's something about when he's with his dad as a child, I mean, same age, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, or a little older, it sounds like. So now he's probably like 28. He was probably 14 there. Yeah, there's something about him confronting his dad, having this adult conversation, but realizing that, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. It's not about me and how I feel now. It's about you, dad. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm cool, but you, dad, I, I think you're not going to feel good about this. Right. But then you, you fast forward to like when the night the sky fell and he's at the university, which by the way, ends up becoming, I believe campus colony. And he's running that same 48 hours that they've been walking, uh, Huck and, um, and Felix. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's like this co- uh, coinciding factor where, okay, now he's close to his parents' house after all that walking. And he gets to his parents' house as a kid, and and there's something about like I can't I can't imagine I can't imagine when the world's going sh- to shit around you why you wouldn't you know why does that matter and that that is something that I can see it now like I can see somebody feeling because the world proved it to them that you know I I obviously didn't deserve you know love mm-hmm. you know. But it's weird to say that because I remember when I was watching the end of the episode, the, the last note that I wrote, Hope can't sleep either. Maybe in Felix maybe Felix and Hope hate the thing they hate in each other. Maybe. But they could understand each other so much better more than anyone else if they just tried. Meaning they both think because of what happened to them or what because of what they have done, that they will never be able to get love or they will never be able to succeed. I mean, Hope acts out, you know? Hope acts out because she thinks no matter what I do, good or bad, like there's nothing I can do to get your love. There's nothing I can do that is deserving of love because of what I did. And Felix had had that proved to him. Felix had it proved to him that like, you know, you are unlovable. Your love was not enough to make me want to uh, accept you as my son. All the way to the end of the world. Fuck. I can definitely see that in Felix's situation, but I don't, I don't know that I see that for hope. I mean, I see her struggling with something, but there's absolutely no reason that she thinks she wouldn't be cap- capable of being loved. Uh, I see. I, see. I, mean, I mean, she, her sister loves her. She accepts that love. There's a, there's her, a her dad loves her. There's a book on psychology that not, well, there's a couple books on this actually, but one, <clears throat> one of the biggest things that I, I, I went through, um, not even that long ago, a couple of years ago, it's a, it's a radio show from Armand DeMille and he's, he's like a, a therapist and, one of the interesting things that I learned about the drama of the gifted child is that there are two big ways that children deal with growing up sometimes. And that's, you know, when they finally confront authority and they do, you know, they push their boundaries, they do something wrong. You either learn that you 
have to be grandiose and to get in order to get the love, like, you know, um, do bigger things, be a bigger person or be um, like a performer, you know, to, to do tricks for your supper, supper for your parents, or you go the other way. And that's, you, you know, the part of you feels like you can never get the love and that you have to be sneaky and tell lies and, or act out, you know, and when you act out, that's like your way of saying, I know that they're not going to love me anyway, so I might as well just act out or, and then when I get caught, I'll lie about it. You know, you either get depressed or you get grandiose. That's why you find that like some people, some celebrities, you know, when they, when you find out that they ultimately hurt themselves is that this is just them saying, you know, in, in, in one way and or one kernel of a way that they will never be loved, but you know, they have this big personality to try to avoid being uh, depressed. Like, like one thing replaces the other. So when I go back and I look at Hope, I'm, th I'm looking at a person who, because of what she did, there's nothing on this earth that's, that is going to change her mind about knowing that she doesn't deserve love because of this act. And she's, she's fondling this thing. She can't sleep. Now it's, it's like, this is going back to why I brought up, um, why you become, you become a different person or like, is that, is that, is that the quote? You become, you become a different person when you're out outside these walls you know, is that now you have time to focus on this stuff. Like you're confronted with it. You know, you're acting in the world in life or death situations and you're confronted with this reality, this harsh reality that this is the way, you know, now you have to, now you're with yourself, you're with your thoughts, you're with it while you're in a life or death situation, you need to figure this shit out because if you don't, it's going to drag you down. And so when I see that and I see the endlings conversation and I, I see how she reacts to him saying that, you know, Walker is going to be the last things, you know, um, it makes me think of what she says to Iris afterwards. You know, she gives her a break. Iris goes to the side. She says, I don't know what I was thinking, sort of. And, and Hope just goes, it was, it's about you. You know, it's about what you did, what you said. You are brave. And I'm pairing those two conversations because I see a Hope that knows that she knows that, A, she doesn't want it to be Walkers that are the last things we see, but B knows that she's not going to be one of those people or feels like she's not going to be one of those people that's going to survive to the end. So she's going to do everything in her power to make sure that Iris is that last person. And I think that's so sweet. That's what I got from her pulling her to the side and, and saying, no, no, it has to be you. It has to be you. I want you to be the endling. Let's say, you know, you are the best. You are everything that I see as the future, you know, that you, you worked so hard to build the future. I want it to be you. You know, I saw that like in her eyes, at, you know, because it all kind of ties together. I love it. I love how they built that up. And that's why I got emotional because I was like, oh, but she don't get it. She's going to be the future. <laughs> She's going to be the endling. I felt it in my bones, like, you know, like I felt that that's what was going on. Like, you know, it's like, okay. Remember Fear the Walking Dead? Like last night? Yeah. <laughs> such a long time ago. It feels like forever ago. But like. But like, you know, Morgan goes, it's got to be you. You know, you got to bring my people here. And then Isaac lifts up his shirt and he goes, nah, no, nah, hombre, it's got to be you again. It's got to be you. You know, there's like the hope and Iris situation, <laughs> the Rick and the Rick and Morgan situation. And it's just so it, it, I'm, I've got like fucking goosebumps. I'm like my tits are shivering right now. <laughs> I can't tell I'm you. glad you. I'm glad you got something out of that because that's not what I saw at all. <laughs> I like what Sharon D says. She's like Rick and Morgie, but no. What did you get out of that? I kind of, I kind of want to see what your take is, and maybe well, something could be said about swirling those both together. 
my my opinion on on that scene um actually stems back from her conversation with Silas right after she pulls pulls a Michonne and goes out and takes care of that walker, you know, which that scene in itself, I mean, I could say a lot about that. Taking okay. this on on her own, going out there by herself. I mean, she probably out of all of them has the most training and is the most capable of doing this. Um, but you know, as soon as she gets back, Silas says, you know, did you take care of it? And she's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything for that comment kind of confused me, but more to the point, he says, you know, I'm sorry. I, sh I should have taken care of that. It was my mistake. And this isn't even the first time we've heard him say that he's continually apologizing. <laughs> exactly. Continually apologizing for not taking out this Walker. So he obviously feels a huge sense of responsibility. This thing is still here. He feels like he's the cause of this thing still being here and hope just, you know, takes care of it right scare in a scary way but sh but she pulls through but what she says to him is it's not your mistake it it's not yours but you know what go ahead and tell yourself that well and and you know that's and, and that's the thing mean, it doesn't mean it has to follow you around forever you got she it says this to him but really i felt like she was also giving herself permission to let that that go as well so maybe issue i think that's ironic personally like to see so, something but she doesn't believe it that's that's what i believe but i you know what i mean because she still can't sleep by the end and i saw it differently um i and by the end when i saw her crying i just thought i just saw a, a terrified little girl who was in over her head right i think that I, saw. I think she's been crying since that endlings conversation sure. because i feel like right you said this i think the other episode Right. But the scene between her and, and Iris, when she kind of gives her back that hope, you know, it's so funny that her name is Hope, right? Um, that whole conversation between the two of them, um, you know, Iris starts doubting herself and Iris or Iris starts doubting herself. Hope says, um, no, you, you were brave because you did this big thing. You know, no matter what else happens, at least you did something. Right. You did the thing. So, I, I mean, that was where my focus was. I wasn't thinking anything about hope was going to die and make sure her sister survives. And like, well, I mean, <laughs> like the, I, I'm, I, not, I'm not getting that far. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm just saying that hope obviously does this big gesture, you know, heading into the tornado, the tornado siren. I think maybe she's thinking, you know, if, if it means I might die, I'm okay with that, but I'm not thinking she wants to, I'm not thinking she wants to. I'm just thinking that she is going to do whatever it takes to make to make sure that it's Iris that wins out. So it's not about <laughs> her. It's not about her at all. And I find yeah. that kind of so great, like so really. I mean, it's great, but it's also tragic. Like, it, like it doesn't have to be that way, you know. But it's like so Morgan. You're... Morgan you, it doesn't have to be that way. You you don't have to die. I can take the bullet fragments out. You know yeah. why? Why does it have to be this way? But anyway, okay, yeah. Her, her trying to get to the tornado siren makes a lot more sense than what I thought. I just thought she was taking off. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it, it, it's it's clear that she's doing that in the beginning and the end be, uh, because in the very next uh, scene or like in the teaser, and this is how to make it clear, she radios them in and goes, wake up, dumbasses. <laughs> you know, get oh, ready, get ready to move. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I thought it was actually clear from the episode, <laughs> but like... We, we don't see her like turn a doorknob or anything she's just sort of traversing through wow. the burning tires well you I, it looked to me like she was leaving even in those scenes we don't see her actually make it so in those upcoming scenes 
And now, if you, oh, yeah. remember, we always have this conversation, by the way. If you wait till after the credits, they will give you a little bit of a, a yeah. 10 second peek into the next episode that with the fast flashes between scenes and stuff like that. Um, on AMC? No, no. Well, yeah, you're watching on the app, right? AMC uh, yeah. premiere? Yeah. Yeah. It'll show you. Oh. It, it doesn't always. I will grant you that. Oh. But okay. but lately, I think they've been doing it right. <laughs> so, okay. So they have been showing it. So it becomes clear that that's where she's headed. Okay. Um, I mean, I like that a lot better. I, I was a little upset that she was just taken off. I'm like, how do you, you're the one who didn't, who couldn't handle two walkers and now you're going to go off on your own crazy. But no, I like this much better. Okay. Right. Some of that teenage <laughs> shit, right? Um, yeah, it is. I get it though, because they're teenagers and sometimes they make stupid decisions, Iris. Right. Iris, Iris. And even Hope. There is <laughs> that little mirror reflection, Iris during the day trying to take out that walker and can't quite also falling down. It also into a pool. Or what looks like a pool, right? It was like a like a drainage. Yeah. Um, what do they call like a water? Like a real like a really big concrete ditch. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of like <laughs> the, the canals, like in France, like uh, like you where there's like the steps. Yeah. But yeah, and then also hope in a pool, but at night. So there's like this yin and yang, right? Yes. Sharon it. says it's a culvert. Oh, it's a culvert. That's okay. What it is a culvert. Yes. Thank you. When Huck and Felix finally decide to take rest, you know, they're, they're gaining some good ground. They're, they're pretty much caught, caught up with them. He starts to realize that yeah, um, Hope is the one leaving the breadcrumbs behind for, so that they can actually follow, um, which is odd as far as her character goes, because for somebody who tries to get away with everything, you know, she knows that he's the one person that's going to be trying to find her in this situation. And hope she hopes he does. I think hopes realizing faster than anyone that they are in over their heads. I mean, mm. it was, it was fun to, to get in trouble in a safe community, you right. know, out here you get in trouble, you could die. It's not just about being in a jail cell overnight anymore. So I think hope realizes she's they're in over their head and she hopes that Felix is going to catch up to them sooner than later. Right. Right. And I think what we're going to find out in the next episode is that hope isn't the only one that's familiar with death. Um, there is a scene, particularly with Silas, and you see him in the back of an ambulance, and his hands are kind of shaking. The headphones are on his head still. Like, obviously, he's still Silas, but it's recent. It's not when he was a kid. And So maybe what happened in Omaha yeah, is and, what you're saying. And, and there's, okay. there's blood on his. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's, so maybe we'll get a little peek into his history. Yeah. And, I like it. And people are talking about hit son, you, uh, something about son, yeah, you have to go here. Like things are going on and it, you almost can't hear it because it's probably what's going on in Silas's head. He's like in shock, you know, it's all you see. It's just him shaking mm-hmm. as, the, as the camera pans upwards from his hands to his face. Mm. And it's just this like heartbreaking, almost like watching him, you know, what, what was it? What did he do or what was done to him? Sharon is saying that she thinks hope is uh, wary of Iris's um, sudden 180 in, in her attitude, you know, Iris is generally the, the safer one. And she even says, you're usually talking me out of stuff like this. What are you thinking? Yeah. So, and, and yeah. hope and hope is the one leaving the breadcrumbs. Right. Again, role right. reversal. The yin yeah. and yang swirls, the, the wheel spins. Um, <laughs> I just, I like that. I like how they play with that. You know, who you are out, outside the walls is different than who you were inside the walls. Right. Right. So Felix and Huck finally take rest. Or gaining some great ground, and then um, you see that Felix also can't sleep, just like Hope, which is why I made that comment at the end. And it's that you know he's thinking of these things, he's thinking of the past. Uh, Huck's totally fine, passes out like a rock, uh, no problem. <laughs> just, just like just like Angela, Tony Danza, whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> but before we go back to that, because I do want to touch on that, um, you find out that that very night he goes out because his parents are nearby. And he tries to put them down, you know, 
his last like attempt to be the good son to try to get in their favor and yet he gets to the door and he probably realizes it's already too late there's nothing i can do am i am i doing them any favors you know i mean that's kind of more of my question rather like and, and to sharon's specific question is that did you get that he actually killed them when he went back or do you think he couldn't do it and i kind of want to ask all around because I, i'll i'll go last but like what do you what do you think he actually ended up killing him because from what it seemed like he didn't from what it seemed i i, I have to agree um, even i questioned it for a second i yeah i'm still kind of questioning it um it seemed as if he did not go through with it uh huck, huck notices the blood on his hand um but or, or whatever that schmutz was right I, yeah i mean to me it kind of looked like like blood which made sense because now help me out here because here's what i think i saw but maybe i was wrong so we see Felix's flashback as he's walking up to another walker and he's about to, to, to stick it. And we hear Huck say, you know, I want, you know, don't go disappearing like you did last night or whatever comment she makes. And then we get into his flashback. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no. We, he, he said, she says specifically, <laughs> she says, uh, so where were you not, last night anyway? She says something, something more snarky about sneaking off. Anyway, yeah. she says it in passing right before we go back into his flashback. So then, um, so then we're, we go back to, you know, the night before and we see him at the front door and he's struggling with whether or not to do it. We hear the noises inside. Um, but then what I see is him turn from the door, walk towards the front yard because there's a walker in the front yard. Right. And he actually kills that walker. And in the process of killing that walker, we find we're, we're, in snapped the back, we're snapped back to the present. Yeah. Is that, did I see that correctly? Well, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Like the last night okay. versus tonight. That sort right. of thing. Yeah. So, I so thought what so I think, too. So what I think is he he just killed the walker in the front yard, which is where the blood came from on his hand, and wasn't able to get into his parents' house. Right. Right. Couldn't emotionally get into his parents' house. <laughs> or or maybe this was kind of like a weird. Maybe even he doesn't like what that it, like that weird thing where he doesn't even know he did it if he did it. You know, like I'm it, not. If he killed his parents or not? Yeah. Like he says he did because of because. He well, because of the way the because of the way you we all saw it, you're you're kind of like, wait, which walker is he killing here? Is he killing the walker from just now, or is he killing the walker from last night? Because that that's that's what makes me think. May that's what got me to pause for a second. Like, wait, hold on. Very clearly, there's one walker who's in a front yard because there's grass, and then the the walker in the present is on concrete right. with fence. And he kills oh, both yeah. of them. No, no, yeah. But it seems but like it's, sure. but the way it goes down, it feels like it happens at the same time, which that's oh, what, sure. That's the only reason why it made me pause. But I mean, ultimately, yeah. if you're asking me, I, I, I think he didn't do it. And I think what Charity says is kind of what I'm thinking, mm -hmm. but kind of not, because I do think there's still more conflict in store for Felix. And what Charity says is maybe he decided his parents needed to live eternity in hell. And so, I, yeah. I think most people would feel that way, but I don't, don't see Felix being that vindictive. All he wanted was for his parents to love him. Um, I think. I think. I, I don't even think I mean, most people would do that. By the way, in my opinion, yeah, because I don't know I think everything everybody does. Kind of like what I was saying in the beginning was like I think a lot of people do what they do to get the love or abandon it and never think they're going to get the love, and then they don't do it. You know, anyway, right? So either way, they don't do it. Yeah. You know. I don't know. That's really tough. That's, that's really tough. I, I think that's going to be a question a season-long question he says he killed his parents but i don't know if i believe him well he says i i went i went to kill my parents is what he said whether he did it he didn't it, it, it's the line he just I went it's not kill clear you're right 
he did phrase it that way. He didn't say I killed them. He said I went to. Oh yeah. So them. she said she says you're gonna you're gonna tell me where you went last night. He <laughs> says to kill my and like I love the way he delivered the line too. Like he's walking towards the camera to kill my parents, <laughs> and then it and then it flashes to the front door like you said, and then all that stuff. Oh no, that was after she says all that after the the flash. That's no, the present. Here's the thing. No, what what he what, it's this weird thing that's going on. He's going towards the walker while Huck is saying this behind him. It flashes to the front door. He's banging on the door, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns around, obviously walks away, sees the walker in the, in the front yard, and it goes back to him killing the walker he was walking towards when he was talking to Huck. Right. So then it's this weird. So it's like. We get, a, we get an there, answer. It's there. It's there. Yeah. And so, no. So I walk away thinking um, a little bit of both in, in the, at the end of the day. I don't think he ultimately killed his parents as walkers. I think it's more like, what's, what's the point? What's the point? Like, they're not going to accept me in the afterlife, let's say. <laughs> so, you know, you know, what's, why, why deal with this now? You know, like why, what there's, and so like, you're wondering if he does do this, um, what's the point? I tried so hard, you know, no kidding. what is the point? You know, they didn't want me then. They're not going to want me now, you know? Mm -hmm. So why? And you could say, one could say, and some people would, would even agree to this. Like, maybe that's not the point. Maybe you just do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, I don't know. I've never, I, I hope nobody is ever in that situation, but I know those situations do happen. I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to take out all the walkers, right? So if no matter who they are, you got to put them down because that's two less walkers in the world. Right. As dangerous things. Exactly. Exactly. They're a danger. No matter who they were before, they are currently a danger. So you got to take them out. Right. Right. But this makes me wonder, like sometimes like hope, right? Hope went um, the other way. I'm never going to get, I'm never going to get the love. So I'm going to act out and I'm going to lie about it. And, you know, I'm going to do things behind your back because I think that's the only way that I can, I'm never going to impress you. So I might as well do this shit because it impresses me, you know, oh, me getting away with it. You're now like my adversary mom or dad rather. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but interesting how Felix kind of went the other way. He, be he became a security force officer. He became even more pressure. Like maybe that's Leo Bennett at play. Maybe he found a figure with which he could find the love and with him gone. And that may be part of the reason why, aside from being outside the walls, aside from being near his parents' home, um, it is something that she's, it's funny, like he doesn't even begin to think about this until, until Huck says something very specific. Because so Felix and Huck are having this conversation. He doesn't even think about it. I mean, they're not even near his parents' home. But Huck says, as soon as they see that funnel, uh, you know, because they have to kind of go through this, thing you know mm -hmm. to, and to get to the other out the other side as soon as they see that they'll they'll be glad that she says exactly they'll be glad they have a home to come back to right and, and that's what gets him thinking because at the very next scene um because we we realize the road east is towards his parents home mm -hmm. and it flashes back to him and his dad being jobless and all that stuff i just love how that there's like this everything leads into another it's like this content it's like you're in a dream you know how your dreams kind of change but they changed because of the, the very last thing that happened, you know, like, so mm -hmm. if, if, if it brings you into a room with a, with a clown, with a faceless clown, um, and that makes you think of McDonald's and then McDonald's makes you think of driving into a drive-thru and then the we had to go right, right into clowns. <laughs> didn't we? Thank you. No, but we went straight past that into McDonald's cause it made you think of Ronald, <laughs> but <sighs> the whole idea of like, there's like a dreamlike quality to how all these narratives kind of tie together. Sure. I, I like that, you know, how this 
what she says makes him think of this. And then mm -hmm. he finds himself at his parents' home, which makes him think of the past, which, you know, and then all the things that happen mm -hmm. throughout this episode that kind of even tie into each of these characters, too. So I think I saw one of the coolest things in this episode, something new that I can't think of that we've ever seen before in any of these universes. Let's, let's so say it. What's 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 the coolest thing you saw in this episode? The beehive walker. The, yeah. The, or the like wasp walker. Like, yeah, that was so cool. Or hornet's nest. I, I can't remember which is which because. It did look like a wasp's nest because yeah. it was like all honeycombed. Like I, my parents have wasps at their house and it looks just, looks just like that. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Matt Negretti was talking about that, he was like thinking he was having these sessions with, I forget who. But he was like saying, you know, back and forth, they were sending, they were sending pictures of gross things back and forth. And, <laughs> and they're trying to think, you know, like, like everybody does, like, what, what is the grossest thing that, that we can think of? Now, he himself has this fear of holes in things like. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. And he has it. It is. And he said, yeah. he said, as soon as I thought of that, I said, I have this thing. And I think that would terrify a lot of people or I think, or at least think it's really cool. Yeah, I will never look at the scene, but, the, but <laughs> I I think we should do this because this is something that we've never done. Now, what? How crazy is that? Like that idea of that? Like it? It was so cool. The only thing I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around, and and it could be easily explained that this 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 empty. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and get used to saying that. This empty um, has clearly been sitting there for a while, right? This is not a mobile up and you know wandering around type of walker or well, I, empty i don't think it even it doesn't even get up that's the thing right kind right. of like so, kind of like a wasp's nest it just attaches itself to whatever it's connected to right this wouldn't happen if this were a a mobile you know an ambulatory walker exactly know? exactly which which is so cool well, i you know what i thought the the first walker we see is it the first one we see it might have been the one where it was kind of in like enveloped or like a part of the the fallen oh, tree stump, and Elton takes a picture. Yeah, yeah, it's just that moving was so its pretty. eyes. That was so pretty, like all moss covered and everything. I thought that oh. was so cool. Yeah, and that was like, do you remember? And remember, like this is like the same feeling we got when we saw the um, concept art. And remember, like, oh, we saw the the big one. We thought was Jerry's really Silas, <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but like all the concept art we were seeing was like all these walkers and it, like, like merging with the environment. And we get a taste, yeah. we get a we get a tiny taste of this in the I think it was the beginning of season nine of The Walking Dead, where the, where the in the tree the tree where it merged yeah. where the walker that Daryl's near merged with the tree and you see nature you see like birds landing like on a it bird shit. yeah yeah and it tries like to a, bite an, it a bird had made a nest somewhere near it yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so and so Th that would happen that would it, absolutely happen ten years ten years you know we're at that point yep. now. So, but yep. this does it on like a totally other degree, you know, and they, it's, they, it's beautiful. The color. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Remember. And you also remember how we were talking about in the teaser, how like, you know, when they're inside the walls and actually, and I, now that I'm thinking about it, there is a sort of tinge of color for when they're in the walls. It's kind of like a yellowy color. If you notice the color gradings kind of bends towards the yellow. And then once they get outside the walls, it's a little bit more colorful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it, it's never been more present or noticeable than like, okay, 
they get attacked. So the wasp walker happens. I'm glad we brought this up. Right, see, we're even talking about this in a dreamlike state, um, right? In a, in a stream of consciousness. Um, we got a good flow. Yeah, the the walker get the doesn't get up. Sorry, the the wasp walker opens its mouth, and then all the wasps come out of it from the holes in the face and everything. And then right behind them is that the walker they end up spray painting. Well, that walker they end up the Elton ends up spray painting follows them to the treehouse after they lost it. When that walker finally catches up with them at the treehouse and, mm. you know, they try to fire Big Mo on it, the bowling ball that Hope finds. Um, and I love how Sharon is saying, for real, we had a whole thing with Mo Collins about Big Mo on Twitter. That's funny. Which now, is see, sweet. I kind of, I thought it was a little, a little, you know, tip of the hat to, to Morgan. I, <laughs> Big on, Mo. On second watch, I'm like. Big, Mo Big Momo? Big Mo. Big Momo. <laughs> that's, that's what Morgan's going to go by now. You can call me Big Mo. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, a, like, like that big jacket. And then on the back, it says in big tag letters, Big, <laughs> big Mo. Mo. And, and it sounds like the kids say it. Oh my big gosh. <laughs> that scene was so awkward. Which, wait, which one? The Big Mo scene. When they're all like saying it to each other. When they're rolling it to like, each other. Yeah. On my second watch, I'm like, oh, can I just fast forward this? I'm so embarrassed for them. <laughs> but here, that's the thing. Like, okay. And I want to get into this. But oh, wait, I didn't finish my thought. Um, the colors never been more present than when the walker is just clawing at it, you know, after they fail at killing it <laughs> with the bowling ball, where you see the fireflies all around it. There's, oh. they, they're going to keep bringing this back, how like the world that they wanted to enter in to see what was up or, you know, obviously to save their dad is more colorful, more bright, more vibrant, more meaningful, you know, and beautiful. Like it, there's something to be said about taking the world on a, on its own terms rather mm -hmm. than trying to pretend in a society. Like I'm not saying, look, listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to rebuild society. But there's something to be said that, about acknowledging <laughs> that outside is a big old tire fire, literally and figuratively. <laughs> you know, yeah, so right? so I, I I so we're acknowledging that by way of color, by way of the cin cinematography. You know, so which again I have to remind everybody that Magnus Martins is actually directing the series. Magnus Martins is actually I think originally a DP, director of <laughs> photography. Stop it! <laughs> but they did. By the way, so Sharon is saying how um, the Simpsons predicted the the blaze of glory, and I think, and I can't remember exactly what it was. I saw a meme on it. They also Stop. predicted, um, if I remember right, yeah, they predicted they, everything. They also <laughs> predicted the way uh, the Walking Dead uh, season finale would end up. I remember it was Homer following a big helicopter donut and then falling off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> but to a whole bunch of clones of Homer. So it must have been one of those Treehouse of Horror oh episodes. God. Oh my gosh! All the all the clone homers are following the big donut being airlifted from the helicopter. <laughs> anyway, so um, oh my gosh, big Mo no, but going back to the big mo thing, I thought we needed that. We have to keep remembering the show has to keep reminding us that they're kids. You know, it's not a kids show, but we have to remember right. that they're kids. But, right. but simultaneously. The fact that they keep not being able to kill walkers is so important. It's so important. It's I, I remember having this moment when we saw in season nine, at the end of season nine, or no, sorry, mid-season nine, when Carl and Sadiq go out and they do what Sadiq do. They try to take out some walkers. Like, it's never been more present than when you see Carl get bit. You know, we don't, we sort of see it, but, but you know it. And 
I thought that was like, look, it sucked, but like at the same time, it's like, well, don't forget that this is, this can happen at any moment that you won't always win. And like, what kills me about seeing shitheads, complete shitheads, write <laughs> shitty posts. And I'm, now I'm seeing it on IMDb. Uh -oh. You know, these, these stupid, like, oh, it's so unbelievable. The acting's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, like, and I'm like, you are not getting it. You're just not getting it. Look, you don't have to be a kid to appreciate this show. But you just have to remember what it was like. I don't understand why people feel the need to, to voice that kind of opinion. If you don't like the acting, go watch another show. Right. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. If I don't, if, if the acting sucks, I'm not going to keep watching it. But I'm also not going to go online and bash the actors for doing their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, I, I finally understood why, and I'm okay with it. Why you get a lot of Fear the Walking Dead hate because these are people who invested in seasons one, two, and three. They were true believers, you know, of what was going on and what they were trying to do, and then they switched it up on them. I get that. I can sort of get the same thing when people talk about I'm a Walking. And I saw the specific kind of comment where it's, they said I'm a Walking Dead fan. And I watch this show and I don't give anything. I don't give a crap about it, but I do want to see how this ties up with Rick. <laughs> oh, but you know what? That's the thing. I think the thing that the criticism, my criticism of people like that is like, and you see this every now and again, and I'm not naming names, obviously, but you talk to people from the camp, you talk to people on Twitter, you talk to people on Instagram and they have, I feel like some of these people are locked in. Like all they care about is the walking dead. Right? You know what I mean? It's like that's the only show that they watch. They don't care about anything else. They'll rewatch shows in lieu of watching anything else. Eh, mm. Occasionally they'll watch a horror movie, maybe, but it's <laughs> all they talk about. But it, with respect to one thing, the Walking Dead original series, fuck mm. for you, the Walking Dead. I'll get around to it. Maybe, maybe not. But then, and then they, they, they watch the first episode of World Beyond, be like, oh, you know, if, if we're going to get Rick references, then maybe I'll watch it. And then they watch it, they hate it, but they'll hate watch it later because they want to get that. <laughs> and, and go figure, all they, all they see is if they're even thinking or thinking or even they're even noticing it because they don't watch Fear the Walking Dead, is Fear the Walking Dead references. <laughs> and I think that's hilarious now. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I've, I felt like I had to watch Fear the Walking Dead. And, and honestly, I mean, I'm, I've not been shy about it. I did not like the first three seasons at all. I mean, at all. But I felt like I kept comparing it to, um, so, you know, when you're a kid and you, you have a best friend, okay, and your best friend's cousin comes over to play, right? <laughs> They're not your friend. You don't really want to hang out with them, but you do want to hang out with your best friend. So right. you put up with the cousin. Right. That's, that's how I felt about Fear the Walking Dead for the first three seasons. Right. <laughs> I, that is so specific. Like, even if like, they're not even that bad, they're just, you just feel like, okay, but can I hang out with my friend? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like they might be perfectly fine, but they're not your friend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why, why, why does, why does hanging out with you come with baggage? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, but, sure, but, sure, but I love sure. it now. Oh yeah, okay. season four totally restored my love for for fear. I find that very fascinating because it is that polar reaction, and really rightfully because were you watching Fear the Walking Dead from the beginning or had? Oh you? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yep. See, I often find that the the people that start watching Fear will start from four, like Sharon D. <laughs> oh. And then, oh no. And then, you know, but then, you know, they'll watch the first three and be like, I don't even recognize the show or I don't know, you know, what I'm looking at and you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
which goes to show, but, but, I mean, look at everybody with their unique perspectives. Though. Like Sharon, he walks into Fear the Walking Dead and loves it. Then goes, okay, hold on. Before I even watch <laughs> the beginning parts of, of Fear the Walking Dead, I'm going to watch The Walking Dead and then move forward and then catch up with Fear. And then I'll watch that now because that's where she's at now. She binged The Walking Dead over the summer. And now she's getting, <laughs> she's getting familiar with Fear the Walking Dead as it was. Oh, my gosh. It's it's yesteryears. And that's the thing. Like, I, I do often find that the more hardcore watchers are ones that really do love seasons one, two, and three. I get it. I really, I really, really liked it. Really liked it for what it was. A fear? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. I liked it a lot because I knew what they were doing. I, I knew intimately what they were trying to do. And, and they weren't trying to be like The Walking Dead. And that was what people liked about it is that, it, and granted, I will say this out loud. It's what most Walking Dead watchers hated about it. It's like they wanted, yeah. and this is goes to what my description of with some people that we meet uh, and we converse with online is that they are just the Walking Dead fan. And I find that mm -hmm. very sad because the most vocal of criticisms of this show, The Walking Dead World Beyond, to get us back on track, are people who just watch The Walking Dead and probably nothing else. And then yeah. they talk about it like as though it, it's like a betrayal almost. And I scoff at this. Because, you know, here we are every now and again talking about, like, Room 104, or we're talking about Utopia, we talk about The Order, fucking Order, and we talk, order. About, but we talk about all these things to kind of give, like, pull in other references and comparisons, and then we, because we want to be, be able to accurately describe an experience. Okay, and Sharon is saying, even, uh, I'm enjoying the first three seasons, but really all of my favorite characters came in season four. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. you know, sometimes you're introduced to that first. I just, you know, I had, I had this idea that Fear the Walking Dead was going to start at the beginning of the apocalypse, which it did. Um, but I expected to see more of the beginning days. That not, so I, yeah, not I just, just them hiding behind the the barber shop and and hiding yeah. in their homes. Although, isn't that like, really I, weird? How, I like... really, I really thought that at least the first couple of seasons were going to be all about those first few months of. Uh, of the apocalypse like where's the army where's you know the authorities what happens to the people who are supposed to save us we you know i just i felt really let down when after the first season we just jump ahead <laughs> and we're like oh oh okay so we're not gonna find out what okay cool. we jump we jump ship we set sail and then jump ship <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah i i i happen to like that i'll tell you why i wanted to see what you were talking about i kind of did yeah but then, i but then yeah. At the same time, though, I, I'm glad they didn't do it because because eventually you wouldn't see that, right? You see all this chaos, you see all this craziness, blah, blah, blah. But eventually it would stop and quick. Well, right. You know? And so there's something about, like, you can't sustain that energy, that like kind of like fast pace. See, if you want to do it right, you go Black Summer. You, do you remember? Have you seen Black Summer? I hope you have. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and, I have. And, and that is just yeah. like constant, man. It's constant, yeah. constant just adrenaline zombies and it's just like that's how you do it and that's how it's gonna stay i guess that's that's how i pictured the the first couple seasons of fear would be yeah and, and it wasn't <laughs> and, you, and you know what and this is something we touched upon when we talked about fear the walking dead last night that the name fear the walking dead fear the walking dead yeah <laughs> like lends to that oh that's what it's gonna be about and it ends up like not really being about that i feel like they should have called it something else i feel like it was that name that they chose that would get people to go, oh, fear the walking dead. <laughs> like, all right. 
And so I thought maybe they should have just called it the Clarks. No, I'm not. I'm like, the no, I, I feel like they should have called it something more along the lines of like Trek, Trek, the Walking Dead or because it, it ends up being this like journey, you know? Well, like, and I mean, as we know now, it doesn't even have to be a word before the Walking Dead. It can just be the Walking Dead. The next bleh, generation. Bleh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something. Right. Although I still stand by my my decision to call what um the walking dead world beyond should have been loathing the walking dead <laughs> i know but then that sounds funny because it's like wait hold on wait you hate the walking dead <laughs> yeah, that's like sounds like a documentary of how your opinion changed on the walking dead i know but then we would have fear and loathing the walking dead <laughs> well you know that i called out i sort of called out the name what it would be right what I, world I, I beyond said, i said the walking dead beyond or beyond the walking dead and they chose putting that at the end yeah, I, I I wrote this down. I on do Twitter. remember. You, I don't no, know. I if do you remember you bringing that up. I do yeah. remember you bringing that up. Yeah, I think, and that's a good idea. Like, I mean, look, it can't always be blank The Walking Dead, or you know <laughs> what I mean, right? So sure, right? Tales of the Walking Dead. Okay, well, let's go back to pre-pending. I don't know. I'm know. just trying to be funny. I didn't think they would actually name it loathing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, wanted. I just wanted to say fear and loathing The Walking Dead. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> fear and the walking dead and then loathing the walking dead yeah <laughs> circle is complete anyway, so. <laughs> by the way the way fear the walking dead did the apocalypse it's a lot like 2020 isn't it and then and then Sharon, uh, this is what i was thinking as we, you were, we were talking about it and i kind of wanted to say it but then sharon did came in right after it well after but before uh she's the, the virus and riots fear predicted 2020 <sighs> but that's how it would go down right Mm -hmm. They would quarantine us and then, you know, we'd find out. Absolutely. We'd find out eventually there's chaos outside these walls. Mm -hmm. Get everybody yeah. inside their homes while whatever's going on, they're trying to protect us. Uh, right. And then, and then it's already too late. The world's gone to shit and we're all stuck in our houses. Yeah. And you, and you hear hell's soundtrack all around you, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's all right. I have plenty of weapons in here. I've thought this through. Damn, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of blunt objects. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a printer up there that I could definitely hey, use. Anything can be a weapon. <laughs> As just ask, just ask John Wick <laughs> or Felix <laughs> or Felix. Because I mean, or, some... or the spray paint can guy. <laughs> yeah, oh, from Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. Just with the cigarette hanging from his mouth too. Right. right. Wasn't, that, wasn't that a picture or something? <laughs> just... <laughs> and, oh, that was eh, awesome. Eh, eh. Anyway, Alicia watching the neighbor. Get, getting attacked was freaky. Yeah, yeah, but like you and that freaky thing that you do when you look at neighbors across the street when it when it started to go down is like mm -hmm. you, you're wanting to search their face to see what they're feeling, and then they yeah, have to, right, and then and then you criticize them for what they're doing, whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> I was looking forward to a lot of that too, like seeing how the people's the people in communities interact with each other when when chaos is going on like you know oh mrs mrs johnson what's going on i don't know what did you hear did, you know i i wanted to see more of the more of the panic more of the you know what's what leads up to all of this chaos. the monsters the monsters on maple street right or something yeah, like this. Monsters yes. on maple street. you uh, did get a little of yeah. that though uh, you did get a tiny bit of that but it was more tiny than bit. i wanted more heads. though yeah. right i wanted more i just i wanted what they did and i wanted more of it right yeah and that's that's the thing like i mean you it's that weird thing where you have to decide what kind of show you are right and but mm -hmm. at the end of the day being a part of the walking dead universe the roads are always going to end up going the way of the walking dead 
Like they yeah. can't do anything that's so dramatic <laughs> that it's going to steer them completely in a different tone or ultimate direction, right? It, even if they do, they have to convince you that you, they can swing back around and, and go down this way in the, in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless in, and that's the thing. I think they always, I think they always had this general idea of playing it safe enough so that if they needed to reference each other, these shows, do you know what I mean? Mm. That, that, sure. they, that they could. And so they didn't mm. want to swing that widely off course. So even though they always, they always said they would never cross over and then eventually Morgan crosses over that way. Like yeah. they always, they always had said nobody from fear is coming to the walking dead period. And I think that, I don't know if they maintain that, but I think that's been the general rule, but nobody ever said <laughs> somebody from the walking dead couldn't cross over that way. Right. So, or some bodies. Once told me that Morgan and the Dwighty. <laughs> so far, there's three of them. So far, they got three of our TW people. Who's the third? It's going to be Sherry. Oh, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. I mean, it's we haven't third... technically seen her yet, but she You're will right. be. And it's the third year of that, you know, like crossover, crossover, crossover. Maybe <laughs> that's the plan, you know, like season seven will be Rick. <laughs> season seven will be Rick. We just solved the mystery. So, so here's what's going to happen. Everybody from Walking Dead besides Daryl and Carol are going to come over to Fear and they're going to continue their journey over on Fear and then Daryl and Carol are going to have their own spinoff. <laughs> or, 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 wow, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, like what if, yeah, what if Fear the Walking Dead characters pour into that series? Whew. Why not? Yeah. Ooh, I think we just solved something. <laughs> Season seven is Daryl of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, see, I'm thinking the other. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe it's a package deal. I don't know. Or, or, or do you remember? Okay, like, do you remember how in the past, like, like uh, with TGI Friday? Oh, sorry, we should credit that to Sharon D. See, season seven yeah. is Darren Carroll. The way, yeah. So, um, do you remember how, like, it, like t- in TGI TGIF, like you had Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, and Step by Step, and uh-huh. then in, in the past you had um, Happy Days. And then you had Joni and Chachi. But every in the main series, there was always that one episode that kind of launched the uh, or sort of pseudo launched the spinoff. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So, so Daryl and Carol's um, spinoff will be like on Fear the Walking Dead. They'll show up and then they'll not show up <laughs> again. And that'll be like the uh, like the episode zero of, of the oh. Daryl and Carol show. Joni and Chachi. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yep. That could be cool, like a throwback, but also like in the zombie apocalypse, so it'll be gory and whatnot. It'll be an episode of Fear the Walking Dead, you know, but with Daryl and Carol in it. Right. Sharon D says, the Fonz meets Mork. Yeah. Yeah. I I faintly remember that. That was, but, and they always had crossovers like that, you know, crossover spinoffs, like, like TV finds a way, right? The TV, (laughs) because it wasn't that much on too, by the way. So you could do that a lot, but then, you know, even family- Yeah, even Family Matters. I'm not sure that Carl eventually showed up on Perfect Strangers, but we knew that Harriet was the elevator operator. Things like that, you know? And then Urkel ends up showing up on Step by Step to launch that. And then Urkel shows up on the the flagship. Well, sorry, not. Well, I guess it was sort of a flagship show, Full House. Urkel crashes in through the roof. I I remember all this shit. (laughs) It showed up on the same night. Yeah, only three three networks back in the past. In fact, I think it was only. It was only two in the beginning, I think. It was CBS. No, it was... I always get this wrong. I think it was ABC, I want to say, and then public television. Oh, wow. If I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong. I was like, friends crossed over with Matt. Sorry. Mad friends about you. Mad about you because Lisa Kudrow had parts on both shows. Wow. Was she Was she Phoebe on both parts or just the actress was on both? I mean, the, they share actors. 
Oh, she was Phoebe's twin. Oh, so it was Ursula. That is hilarious. In which they, which get cross referenced every now and again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love TV. I lo- what? Ursula. Well, this is like this is like really weird. Like, isn't it really weird how that really can only happen in the past? Because right now there's all these all these different shows, you know. And now you can you can only get it in the spinoff Walking Dead insular universe kind of thing. Yeah. So we're getting a little throwback in that respect. We might. I don't know. You know, it's funny. Yesterday, I felt like we were just fumbling around a little bit, but I feel like today flowed so much better. You know, Fear the Walking yeah. Dead versus Walk Dead World Beyond. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works, though. I And it also depends on the episode. We've had episodes of The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead where it's just like, just you're just watching events unfold and there's no bigger meaning. There's nothing to look out for. There's nothing to really read into. And those are the worst shows to actually do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. They're the worst because nothing really like happens of significance that references something back then or references something in the future that may happen, but they right. happen. Those shows happen. It's just like, it, it makes me <laughs> like, well, Morgan's back <laughs> and yeah. he's not dead. And a he's co- not going to die. A cool murderer came in. I should feel like I should take this and put it in the other. A cool murderer came in. We thought he was going to stick around. Guess not. The end. I really hope he does though. I know. I hope we, I hope we see him in some, you know, scene, yeah. backtracking or something like that. There was only really one other thing I had in my notes that I wanted to ask you about because mm. mm-hmm. you're better at languages and such than oh. I am. Cool. Um, but the the comment uh, Elton makes when they find their their shelter, he says, you know, why settle for for terra firma, which is like dry land, mm-hmm. when you could have? He says when sumus? you could have sumus locus, sumus locus, right? Sumus locus. Now the only thing I could find in reference to that. Um, was actually locus sumus. He okay. said it. He said it backwards, which well, is actually it's a it's a couch at the uh, at like a dinner table for uh, at a Roman dine, dining table, and it's a place of high honor for the guests. Right, right. Which kind of made sense to me, but now I'm like, maybe that's not what he meant at all. How did you spell it? Uh, well, I sumus. spelled it the same. I spelled it the same way my captions did. Oh, S U M M U S. Correct. Yeah, it, all it means is high place. <laughs> why, why, why go solid? But when ground? I looked up the, but when I looked up the definition, it's actually locus sumus, not sumus locus. Oh, I don't know. I, I actually saw a definition like in, in my search that just says, oh, it literally translates to high place, like but, a place of honor. But it's not. See, that's the thing with Latin. There is phrasings give those words because Latin Latin is not a very um, it's not a big language. It doesn't have a lot of words, you know? So there's, it's, there's a finite amount of words. Gotcha. So, so when it's you, more about interpreting. Well, it's kind of like Roman numerals. Like Roman numerals, there are only so many of them, but when you arrange them in a certain way, they mean certain different things, right? So it's kind of like with, with Latin, when you put certain okay. words together, they mean completely different things. Or not completely, sorry. Similar things, but like different concepts. So like summus locus, you know, it just it literally translates to high place. But I, But like you said, like we would have... When you switch it around, it means something else. Locus sumus means like the honored spot, the 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 gotcha. the spot of, of of high praise. Let's say so. Okay. I tried searching for the for the combination of the words the other way, and it I couldn't get anything back. So then, so that's why I thought he said it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you put it in Google Translate, because they it does translate. I did. Latin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just says uh, summit. Right. Yeah. Right, and it's not good. Right, that didn't get me anywhere. 
But I found yeah a little article where it talked about uh, the a Roman dining table and there's like couches and the couch to the left is the is the locus sumus and it's reserved for high honored guests. Right, right, revered. Yeah, prestigious. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Like you know they're honored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it, but it, but even when you put in sumus locus, um, Google Translate will try to change sumus locus to sumas locus, and I can't remember huh. what, what that translated to. It, Something funny and wonky. Google thinks they know everything. They always, <laughs> they fucking, do you remember when, okay, do you remember the time where it thought it knew what you wanted to search for and it really didn't? But now it's just like, we don't remember that time. It actually kind of does know what, we, what we're thinking. Ugh. Like back in the beginning, it was like, did you mean this completely different thing? I'm like, no, right. no, <laughs> not at all. No, I wanted, I wanted a Swiffer. I didn't want a robot, you know, like, you know, so. Yes. Yeah. And Serenity's like, some ass locust. Some ass locust. <laughs> I said I want some ass locust. <laughs> Who's locust? Who's Deanna? Who's anyway. Deanna? Oh my gosh. She's some ass, I'll tell you that much. Right. Anyway. Oh, did you notice the song that was playing when they were up in the treehouse? No. It's called Sleepwalk. What did you by John Cafferty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, when the fire fireflies are playing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, fireflies are. Or when playing. they're when they're playing when they're playing Monopoly. Yeah, and then and then it cuts to the walker pawing at them with the fireflies. Yeah, I yeah. I I was like trying to recognize what the song was, but yeah, yeah, I love that. Good old go good old Google always listening in. <laughs> good old Google, that's a mash, locus. The name of the song is Sleepwalk, and then the very next scene is when Hope goes out to you know take care of that walker. So she's out walking while everyone sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> Sumas locus means summer place. S-U-M-M-A-S. Oh, A-S. Okay. Which, which tripped me up a bit because it's, no, it's almost cold, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. The last thing I wrote in my notes was literally, the end is the beginning. <laughs> the first thing I wrote in my notes was, the end is the beginning. <laughs> oh my God, we're hoping Iris. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Only because of the second watch. Because the second watch, I noticed, oh, wait, that's the end. That's when she's uh -huh. out. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yep. That's staying in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but we didn't say the one thing that was really, was also pretty cool that we knew was kind of coming, but also great to see in how they presented it. <laughs> when they're, when Iris, from the start of the show, is trying to kill this walker. I love how oh. Felix explains in the past scenes they're cutting to everything she's doing wrong <laughs> yes i did too i wrote down all of her moves too i'm like first felix says always go for the head the first thing she does whack it in the neck <laughs> which then okay. he says you know you says, miss whatever <laughs> you know keep keep your distance keep your distance from it and she starts hacking at the legs <laughs> <laughs> well well uh no she's hacking at the legs at that Third thing, which is sweep the, you know, if you can't get, if you can't puncture the eye, they say the eyeball also at one point. Actually, he says the eye socket's the easiest way to get to the brain. Yeah. Actually, she starts hacking the, her fifth move is hacking at the legs. Her first move is to chop at the neck. Right. Then she, then she kicks the knee. Then she jabs the other side. Right. Then she shoves it away. Right. Then she starts hacking at the legs. Then she finally stabs it in the shoulder and pushes it over the edge. Right, right. And, and <laughs> so the fifth the fifth move you're talking about, he says, if you can't do this, you can't do that, sweep the legs and get it while it's down, sort of. But she, <laughs> did, does she use the rod or does she actually try to kick it down? I think she uses the rod. She tries to scoop it up. Yeah, I think she's. Knees. Yeah, I think she's trying to hit it with her, with the stick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's. 
reality is always uh, more difficult than practice. Right, right. Exactly. It's not ever going to work out the same way. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and again, I, I say this as funny as it is to watch funny. And also like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa stop. Um, yeah. as funny as it is, sort of, I, I love the takeaway from that is that you think she's doing bad. Wait till you get out there. Seriously. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Nope. The leg just goes out from underneath it. It's like a Roadrunner cartoon. You sweep the leg and they kind of just stay in midair and then they grab you. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, oh, damn, I didn't know these walkers had those powers. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Like, it would be just your luck too. Like you sweep right. the leg and it just grabs onto you anyway. <laughs> it's like there's no legs to speak of. Yeah. Well, I mean, hope situation. She was trying to do the right thing and, and I thought, yeah, this is going to work. All right. No, you know, step off to the side and use, you know, kind of guide it into the thing, but it reached out and grabbed her. So, you know, she didn't account for that. Right. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. And this is my point. It's like, be afraid, fear mm -hmm. the walk. This, they should have called this fear of the walking dead. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. These right? kids should be in fear of the walking that dead. Actually, Absolutely. No, no. They should have called this show fear the walking dead. I, yeah. I think that makes way more sense. They really should change the titles and fear should be world beyond. Yes. It really should. That's the clip. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, what is fear all about, but trying to like make civilization out of nothing. And then mm -hmm. like, what is, what is the world beyond about, but anything, everything, but fear, you know, including being afraid not, yes. not the fear, you know, confronting your fears, you know, everything about fear. <laughs> we only have the only thing we have to fear. I mean, look, I can mention the light years ahead in manufacturing that CRM has, the fuel, the chicory, which all right. It's damn good chicory though. Yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> now that actually brings me to my second comment. What are your feelings about her accent now, sort of? Is it is it finding its place? Is it I think working so. its way I, out? I think it's getting better, yeah. I do. I, I don't know about it getting better, but I think it's like when you go to a different country. <laughs> you you just getting used to it just to the Eng the the Irish or English <laughs> accent or Australian. Well, I noticed a little less body language with with the accent, so I think <laughs> for me personally that helps. <laughs> I noticed more. <laughs> <laughs> I can get down. <laughs> well, I mean, starts. besides, yeah, when I mean, when she has to like yeah. move, but I mean, like you know, the first episode just seemed like there was a lot of unnecessary movement. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I know, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt like they were given more, like almost free reign to fuck around a little bit in the big, in the first episode. Maybe. I mean, it should be up to the actor to really kind of find the character, shouldn't it? I mean, to a certain extent. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like give them, give yeah. them a little breathing room, see where they go. I, I think exactly. a lot of shows do that. Yeah. I mean, we we heard that, and I, I don't remember if I brought it up that last time, but that that Judith um Judith Daryl thing. I know what you're reading. The Judith Daryl thing. Um, <laughs> Where Judith, where Derek, where Judith kind of puts her handprint on the window. I don't know if yeah. I remember that, but that was improvised. So that's oh the, yeah, Aww. isn't that precious? And then Daryl. Oh, I think I did hear Norman Rita say that. Yeah, yeah, I, but yeah. I'm not sure if I remember mentioning it on the show. No, yeah. I, I put it in my notes specifically. It was so much to talk about. But see that, and that is what you get from someone who who knows their the, character. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This is what I would. This is what I would do. But you know who you know who thought of that? I think it was Kaylee. Kaylee, if probably. I'm not mistaken, yeah. Probably. She's like years beyond like for herself. She is so 
she should be like 40. But so Cassidy is <laughs> how talented she is. But Cassidy has had those moments as well where like all of a sudden she catches, let's say, Jeffrey D. Morgan by surprise or or even Norman Reedus by surprise with like a touching moment and how in it she is. And it's like, yeah. oh man, she's 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 overacting me. She's acting me under the table. I bet <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but they fall into it and they're like, oh I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I feel like that should happen. Yeah. Yeah, right. But like, you know, actors' egos do get in the way. Can we cut? Cut. She's like, <laughs> she's stepping on my lines. You know, like this, sort of thing. this little can shit. I, can you underact a little bit? I'm can an star. actor yell cut? <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Norman Reedus can yell cut. But yeah. He, but he doesn't. Yeah. He's not the kind of guy that would, right? Who's going to tell him no? No, nobody. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Or, guy, or JDM. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, who needs Game of Thrones, right? Like these guys, because these guys could be running the show. You know what I mean? What's like, Game of Thrones? You're right. <laughs> it's it's the Walking Dead actors. Anyway, yeah. The one bat to rule them all. Oh, that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> now that one I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ned Stark. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Let's go back to the bog. They finally, they reference this only once in the episode. Blaze of Gory, Blaze of Gory, Blaze of Gory, right? It's referenced as that the whole time. And this is something that Sharon and I have both found out. You know, you know, Sharon, we were like a hive mind. We kind of think the same way. But the tapes that Althea is protecting in Fear the Walking Dead season four is called, uh, they're called the bog, you know, one through eight, whatever it is. And so I wonder if, wow. if there's that crossover to Fear the Walking Dead as well. You know the bog tapes. Where are they where are they yeah. cross over? How they cross over? Is this like this big moment that Althea had to cross over? Did we lose people, etc.? And will we see something like this in the Fear of the Walking Dead? I don't know. I don't think so. And maybe the only way that they can actually explain it is one of two ways. They can kind of do an Althea tapes kind of thing for the Walking Dead world beyond, where they see maybe they pick up a tape or a tape gets played somewhere. Oh, we found this at the the bog. You know, this one remaining tape, like an extra tape she lost along the way and explains mm -hmm. her tapes from the bog that reference the, the Walking Dead world beyond. And they go, oh, let's see what happened. And maybe, yeah. maybe in the next episode, Hope puts it in a VCR and you see <laughs> Thea on the screen or, or you, be crazy. You, at least you hear her voice behind the camera and then and that'd be kind of cool. But so I can't I can't picture it perfectly, <clears throat> but the, the cassette that Althea has and it says the bog on it, it it's capital B lowercase o lowercase g right i'm not and it's it's not written as an acronym no it's correct? not there's no there's no dots denoting okay. an acronym but i right. you never know i mean look no I'm, I'm not saying i mean it could definitely still be the blaze of gory but um but i don't know i feel like if it if it were that for sure it yeah. would it would be capital letters, at least capital letters. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the way with she's... or without the periods. I mean, remember Abe slash Doc? You know, for the Abraham. True. She also labels them sort of cryptic, so that people don't know exactly. Well, That's just, true too. Well, she doesn't have to write a novel on it too. Good, good point. You, yeah, you learned that after a while, so. Right. Good point. Yeah. Might be the shortest, shortest show we've ever done. Well, now you did it. Now we're going for another two hours. <laughs> No, you'll be here too. <laughs> the sad, hellish irony. Um, but anyway, thank yeah. you for joining us for the second episode of The Walking Dead World Beyond. I thought this was an awesome, awesome breakdown of an episode. We we flew through this swimmingly like a stream of consciousness. Sharon D joined us. She's laughing right now about all the <laughs> silly shit we just said that may or may not make it into this episode. So if you'd like to join us, 
for our recordings where you get to be a part of the pre-show, post-show, what have you, buy us a coffee. It's for less than a cup of coffee, ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You can get 30 days of access, or if you subscribe to a coffee a month, the party keeps on rolling. You get to be a part of the recordings as we send them out. You can get the unedited recordings after we're done, and anything in between. You know, little exclusives that that we drop along the way. Um, little things that are in development that, you know, every now and again I throw up on there, like uh, thumbnails in process, you know, little art. Um, but, you know, it's nice to be a member. You know, it's nice to be behind the scenes. But you don't have to be. Just create an account, coffee.com, ko-fi.com. Follow us at ko-fi.com slash dead, And at least you'll get notifications of non-supporter-based posts, which we do often do. Yeah, um, every time a podcast gets released or a video gets released, etc., etc., you get to be a part of the conversation, and we want you here. Um, but you know, we kind of need a little money. That's the, the the bills are the bills are due right now. The hosting costs are are coming in. The automation, some of the some of the the you. There's a lot of things. It's all on the page actually too. If you see our goal, our goal currently is self sufficiency. Unfortunately, giveaways are not part of that goal, so we're out of money. But still, at the same time, we can cover our basic costs, and I can foot the rest of it or whatever. Or you can help us do more. We'll see. We haven't reached our goal yet, but it's, the year is coming up. It's coming up very fast. So we're at 65% now. Help us cross the finish line. Also, rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and eggplant tells you how much you love us. But if you'd like to write more, I think we'd appreciate it very much. Um, in any case, I've been David Cameo, and this has been CosmoMom09, Rachel Burt, and Sharon D. Blazy Gardner in the chat. Sorry, and Sharon D is actually doing a live... Uh, well, by the time you're going to watch this, it'll already have <laughs> been done. But yeah. you you can follow her on her YouTube page. Just look for Blazy Gardener. I think it's all one word, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Look for that. You can see her unboxing video, her Loot Crate unboxing video. And check it out. Subscribe and follow her. Do the same for us. Why not? I mean, if you want to. I mean, I think you should follow her and then subscribe to all notifications. But if you could do it for us, that'd be great, too. You know, hit that notification bell. Set, set all reminders. Follow us. Like us. Share us if you want to. If you, if you found value in this, please share us. Um, that's the best way to get things out. Uh, good night, everybody. Take care. Bye. See you soon. Love you. <laughs>